This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you, and happy Easter to all. Friends, the Easter proclamation is the strangest message ever delivered. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. That's the heart and the soul of our faith. Everything else in Christian life centers around it. What I'd like to do today is to defamiliarize it a bit. For I think we've been hearing this message so long, we've forgotten just how strange and how unnerving it is. Like all human beings of all ages, ancient Israelites wondered what happens to us after we die. They posed this question, of course, in the context of their faith in Yahweh, the Lord. Many Jews of biblical times believed that nothing happens after we die, that we just go back to the earth and we fade away. And we can indeed see that belief reflected in, in many Old Testament texts. The psalmist begs God to preserve his life in this world. Why? Because dust cannot praise you. You see, his point is, once I die, I go back to dust, I'm not going to praise you. So, Lord, keep me alive here as long as you can. Many Jews today hold to this ancient belief. Other biblical Jews held that after death, a person went down to a shadowy underworld called Sheol in Hebrew. Sheol was a bit like the underworld spoken of in Greek and Roman mythology, a place of sadness, boredom, gloominess. Nobody longed to go to Sheol. Nobody hoped to find fulfillment in it. It was kind of a muted, toned-down, sad version of this life. Think of Achilles. You go back to the Homeric uh, stories. Achilles is, is not longing to go down to the underworld. In one of the Psalms, we hear this. Lord, neither do those who go down into the pit await your kindness. You see what he's saying now. The pit is Sheol. And, okay, maybe people survive in some kind of uh, shadowy way. But, but those in the pit, they don't await your kindness. It's sort of a half-life. Some people thought occasionally a spirit might return from Sheol to visit this world. Remember that strange story in the first book of Samuel when the witch of Endor, so-called, calls the unhappy shade of the prophet Samuel up from Sheol. Is he happy? No, no, he's a, he's a bit like the ghost of Hamlet's father. He's a sort of unhappy, bitter a figure. No one in Sheol is fulfilled, even if they come back to this life. So those were a lot of the beliefs in the Old Testament period. By Jesus' time, increasingly, some Jews began to speculate about the resurrection of the just at the end of time. At the close of the age, they thought, the end of time, the righteous would arise from the earth 
in restored bodies and would enjoy communion with God. Again, you can find that in certain texts in the Bible. Hints of it are in the book of Daniel. At the end of time, the end of all things, the righteous dead would arise. During Jesus' ministry, there were debates between the Sadducees and the Pharisees on just this point. The Sadducees held to the old belief that there is no resurrection. The Pharisees were embracing this newer belief in uh, the resurrection on the last day. And you can hear that in the New Testament debates between them. Another point of view, some Jews, it appeared, believed in some form of reincarnation. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? Some said, well, he's Elijah or Jeremiah or John the Baptist returned from the dead. Some kind of reincarnation. So, these were the range of, of Jewish beliefs. Some of the more worldly, sophisticated Jews of Jesus' time might have picked up the convictions of the surrounding Greek culture. They would have known about Plato's doctrine of the soul escaping from the body at death and going to dwell in a purely spiritual realm. Think of the dialogues of, of Plato, you know, where Socrates looks forward to his prison break. He will escape, finally, from the prison of his body. So this was the intellectual world in which Jews of Jesus' time swam in regard to the question of what happens after we die. There was a whole slew of differing beliefs. So, you're a disciple of Jesus. You're following your master. You're convinced he's the Mashiach, he's the Messiah of Israel. But then... He's put to death by the Romans on this terrible instrument of torture. What would you have thought? What would you have expected? The most spiritually optimistic of his followers perhaps thought that at the end of the age, he would rise with all of the righteous. Let's say you deeply admired Jesus. You thought he was just, he was just tremendous. He was a great friend of God. If you were really spiritually optimistic, You'd say, yeah, maybe the end of time he will arise with the righteous. Others probably thought, well, he's gone down to Sheol like the rest of the dead. Others in Jesus' time would have thought, well, that's the end. He's just disappeared forever. His body will go back into the dust. Notice when Mary Magdalene, who loved Jesus, she was a great friend of Jesus, given her life to him. When she came to visit the tomb on Easter morning and saw the stone rolled away and the body missing, she didn't assume that he had risen from the dead. That would not have occurred to her. She assumed the grave had been robbed. And that's what a, even a very pious Jew would have thought. Even those, probably like Mary, who thought he might rise on the last day at the end of time, she would have assumed here that the grave had been robbed. Nobody was expecting resurrection from the dead. John and Peter, upon hearing the news of the empty tomb, come running. Well, now, why are they running? Well, we can say maybe in our uh, more theologically informed imagination, oh, they're running because they fully expected that Jesus had risen from the dead. But that's very unlikely. They'd heard this disturbing news about the body being missing. Maybe they wanted to find out as quickly as possible what had happened. 
who was responsible so they could reclaim the Lord's body. You know, if someone that you love uh, had died and they were buried and the, the news came back that the body was missing, and that'd be very disturbing, wouldn't it? You'd run, too, to find out what had happened, what you could do about it. John comes to the tomb first because the gospel tells us he's younger than Peter, so he outran him. And he notices something very curious. The burial cloths are lying there. Now, we've heard this story a thousand times, so we say, well, yeah, what's so funny about that? Well, look, if the grave had been robbed, why would they have bothered taking the body out of the cloth? Why in the world would they have unwrapped him and carried the naked body away? See, if you're a grave robber, we just go in and you take the body wrapped up. That's why it strikes John as so curious that the burial cloths are lying there. Peter catches up. Imagine him huffing and puffing. He peers into the tomb, and he notices the very same thing that John did, those burial cloths. But then something more Peter notices. The cloth that had covered his head was not with the burial cloth, but rolled up in a separate place. Now, how come that is important? How come the, the, the gospel uh, remembers that? Well, even if we suppose, which is very unlikely, that grave robbers had unwrapped the body, why in the world would they have bothered to roll up the head wrapping and put it neatly in another place? See, what I love about this story, these little odd details... If you're just telling a mythic story about a dying and rising God, why would you bother with these little odd details? They have the mark, at the risk of sounding irreverent, it's almost like a, a CSI. Like there are people looking at this, this odd scene and trying to piece together, now what's happened here? There's the burial cloth and there's the, there's the head covering rolled up by itself. But I suppose they had come in and they actually unwrapped the body and taken it away. Why would they have bothered putting that little head cover in its separate place. These little details led the disciples to imagine something new, something that no one had anticipated or expected, something that did not fit into anyone's sense of what was likely after someone died, namely, that Jesus, who had been crucified and put to death, no question here of Jesus not being really dead. You're crucified by the Romans. They made sure that you were dead. Someone who was crucified, put to death, was now, in the full sense, body and soul, alive again. Notice how the last line of the passage for today confirms what I've been arguing. Listen. They did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Jesus had been offering hints throughout his public ministry. He was going to Jerusalem. He would be put to death, but then he would rise from the dead. But see, as I've been arguing, they would not have known what that meant. They were trying to put that into their framework of understanding of Sheol, resurrection at the end of time. Maybe some of them believe that there was, there was nothing after death. So they didn't understand what this meant. What's happening here, see, in this story is they're beginning to get it. What was expected of all the righteous at the end of time had happened in regard to this one figure in time. Jesus had risen from the dead. Notice how in the other resurrection accounts, 
as we hear of these encounters with Jesus. Jesus stands before them and says, Touch me and see that I have flesh and bones. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a a platonic soul that's escaped from a body. I'm not a ghost that's come up from the shadowy realm of Sheol. I'm alive, body and soul, standing before you in space and time. That's why that line from Peter's speech in Acts for today is so breathtaking. Listen, this man God raised and granted that he be visible to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. That last line. See, that, that, we're used to it. We've heard that line for now for 2,000 years. But imagine you're a first century Jew. Nobody expected that. Someone who had died and now had risen from the dead in his body so that he could eat and drink with his friends who knew him. This overwhelming realism. This is the resurrection faith that empowered the early church, that blew apart all the expectations of even the most pious Jews of Jesus' time. This is the faith that sent the first disciples, like John and like Peter, scurrying across the world, filled with unprecedented excitement, and yes, even to their deaths. That is maybe the most staggering fact, isn't it? That these people, with this very strange message, went to their deaths defending it. Friends, that's the Easter faith. That's the Easter hope. That's what we gather today in churches all over the Christian world to celebrate. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere. Best messengers. Every day, everywhere.